The back-to-school debate rages on as a last-minute announcement by the National Education Department delayed. Let me enunciate. Delayed. Sounding like Bill Cosby. Mm. Sit down. Uh, The opening of schools by another week. So... Uh, teacher unions and school um, governing bodies said schools were not ready to teach in a safe environment. To find out how safe it is to send your child back to school, we speak to Professor uh, Shabir Madi, who specializes in vaccinology at Vets University. I've never been to Vets, but I've been to the steps. Tago Vets. That's the oh, closest the, the, I've come to being there. There by the Great Hall. Vets. Yeah, there yeah. by the Great Wall there. Been there. Good afternoon to you, Professor Hi, good afternoon to you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on the show, sir. Um, so, the question, how safe is it for kids to go back to school? Uh, extremely safe. So, I think we need to unpack it a little. The first thing is that children are getting infected with the virus, irrespective of whether they're at home or whether mm. they're in the school. Mm. In fact, in certain circumstances, children are probably more likely to get infected with the virus when they're at home and they're playing outdoors with Mm. all of the other children, not wearing a mask, as Mm. an example. Mm. Now, what doesn't concern me is whether children get infected or not. The Mm. more important issue is after a child gets infected, right, what is the risk of that child developing severe disease or dying? Mm. And the short answer to that is when children become infected with the SARS coronavirus 2, they really, really develop severe illness from it. Mm. And they even less often die from SARS-coronavirus in the entire world. Now, there's almost more than 350,000 people that have died from SARS-coronavirus, too. Mm. Uh, there's not more than 100 children mm. that have died. In South Africa, of the 600 or so cases that have now died from COVID-19, mm. there's one child, unfortunately, that has died. And that child was a child that was obese and had other medical conditions, underlying medical conditions. So for average child, there really isn't any risk of developing severe disease. And I think we need to accept as society that irrespective of whether schools are open or schools are closed, children are still going to get infected with the virus. But fortunately, they rarely, rarely ever going to develop severe infection from this, from this virus, which is very unusual. Mm. I've, been, I've been studying respiratory viruses now for 24 years. Mm. Right? And this is the first virus I've come, I've come across where children, especially very young children, are being spared severe disease mm. from infection. When you say especially, how, how, at what age are we talking about? So when I'm talking of children, yeah, I'm talking of children uh, in an age group of less than 18 years. So it's really a broad age group. Mm, okay. Now, obviously, there are going to be those few exceptions. Uh, and those are children mm. that have got this sort of other medical condition. Yeah, like underlying issues, where, TB, HIV, and asthma. Whether you're an adult or your child, mm. unfortunately, if you've got those sort of medical uh, conditions, uh, unfortunately, you're going to have a greater risk of developing severe disease and your chances of dying after being infected is going to be increased. But those are really complex cases, and mm. children with complex medical problems. It's not a child that has got asthma, as an example. Uh, children with asthma do not develop severe disease, mm. or rarely develop severe disease. Mm-hmm. Uh, unlike if a child with asthma, as an example, gets infected with influenza virus, right? yeah. they are more likely to end up in hospital mm. right now than a child getting infected with a sars coronavirus. Mm. Mm, very interesting, Professor. So we are sending kids back to school during the flu season. Is it ideal to open schools in, in June? Yeah, so I mean, that is not unique to the year 2020. Each mm. year, 
we send children back to school after the winter break uh, yes. during the flu season. And in fact, the reason why influenza virus starts circulating so rapidly in South Africa is related to children. Mm. They're very efficient in terms of serving as a vector of transmission of influenza virus. Mm. So the seasonal influenza usually starts off before schools uh, sort of close. It sort of doesn't do much during the school break. And as soon as the schools open in South Africa each year, we start seeing many more cases of influenza, both in children as well as in adults. Mm. Now, we don't close our schools for an entire year to prevent the seasonal influenza outbreaks. Mm. Uh, so that wouldn't be a reason to keep schools shut this year. The more important thing, if you want things to mitigate the effects of seasonal influenza, in fact, is to vaccinate children against influenza. Mm. And by doing that, you protect the children and you also reduce the transmission of influenza in the community. Mm. So children will get, inf- when, when schools reopen, we can be rest assured that children are going to develop respiratory illnesses. But most of the respiratory illnesses is not going to be from SARS coronavirus 2. It's going mm-hmm. to be because of influenza. It's going to be from another virus known as RSV, which is a very, very common reason why children are hospitalized uh, for pneumonia, especially if they're under the age of two, as an example. Mm. Professor, you know, um, yeah, uh, I mean, we were just having a conversation with, with someone just yesterday, and we were basically talking about, you know, the safety uh, of kids uh, during this coronavirus. And uh, obviously our concerns were that, you know, kids are kids, uh, they'll swap uh, masks, kids will hold hands, they will play together, they'll steal each other's pe- uh, pens, rulers, etc., etc. And that was the main, that, that was, you know, the, the main reason um, a lot of people were concerned about the safety of children. And I think that's a fair enough. And so those sort of behaviors is common to kids, and we mm. can't expect kids not to do it. Yeah. Okay, so we can try to educate them to try to reduce them doing those, those sort of things, but they're still going to continue doing it. Mm. But I think the important thing is that, yes, so children might be able to infect other children. Yes. Right? But when they infect other child, those children are not going to develop a severe illness, which is really the most important thing. Yes. Right? Children get infected, about two-thirds of all children each year will get infected with influenza virus or RSV each year. Right? And with influenza and RSV virus, those actually cause children to end up in hospital. We've been looking at uh, the children that have been admitted to Baraguana's hospital for the past two months with mm. pneumonia. Right? We haven't found one child that's been admitted that had South coronavirus too. Unlike the adults, that we're finding about 4 or 5% of all of the adults that are currently being admitted to Baraguana's hospital for pneumonia are infected with a COVID-19 virus. So what we're saying is that children, yes, they will get infected. They're more likely to get infected when they engage in a type of behavior mm. that you're describing. But that's not going to cause them to develop a severe disease, severe illness, which is really what we need to focus on. It's about which groups in our communities are going to develop are at risk of developing severe illness, which groups in our community are at risk of dying. Mm. Now, that being said, I'm not saying just send children back to school and let them be merry and do whatever they want. Yes. That's not what I'm saying. We still need to try to make the environment conducive to limiting the rate of transmission of the virus. And the only way that we can do that is for schools to try to adopt as far as is possible the non-pharmaceutical intervention. So try to get the children to wear their face masks. Try to encourage hand hygiene. And not just, not just for coronavirus. Hand hygiene is a good thing to do to prevent a number of other diseases besides coronavirus in children. Try to maintain physical distancing as far as you can. Importantly, the big, risk, the big risk of opening schools is not about children. It's more about 
the teachers. Yes. Right? Especially teachers with comorbidities. Mm. But if teachers basically adhere to those non-pharmaceutical interventions, right, and if they don't gather together in tea rooms and in a sort of a staff meeting close by to each other, right, they can reduce their own risk of becoming infected. So it's all about the behavior of teachers, the adherence to those non-pharmaceutical interventions amongst teachers, and then to try to get children to understand what COVID-19 is all about, how can, why is it important, even if they're not at risk of developing severe disease, why is it still important to, for them to try to prevent themselves from getting infected, and what can they actually do to try to prevent themselves from getting infected? Because Excellent. one of the problems is that if they do get infected, they can take it back home, and if there's someone at home with a comorbidity, they might uh, infect that person. Thank you so but, much, Professor. The Professor Shabir Mahdi there.